Last night, as always happens, the little one, the youngest one in the house, the three-year-old, woke up screaming, and she's a stoic little thing. It takes an awful lot to get a peep out of her, but she was in agony, and it was an ear infection, as it generally is at night. You know, they always seem to, her mother used to get them at night, always when normal practices or chemists are closed. So she was in absolute agony, nothing Nothing could ease, even with the PAMOL. We rang the A&E clinics and were told to prepare for a one and a half to two hour wait on a Monday night, which was as expected. And then all of a sudden the tears stopped and she was fine because probably had burst, which also tends to happen as well. So at least you didn't have a child in pain anymore. But ringing around the A&Es, we could all, you know, we were taking it in turns to make the phone calls and you could just hear the exhaustion and frustration and despair in the voices of those who answered and and thank heavens they answered the phone thank you for doing that it saved us a trip and it saved us from being in your overcrowded waiting rooms this was a Monday night you know and yes it's winter and but people are only going there if it's absolutely essential so I can't even begin to imagine just how frustrating it is to turn up to work and to know that you're in for a long, hard night ahead. You want to do your best for people. You want to be able to help them. But you've been so slammed, you simply cannot. And then you have Andrew Little, denier-in-chief, coming in and talking to Mike Hosking and saying, crisis, what crisis, as he has done so throughout the only thing I can say in his favour is that at least he shows up. And at least he's able to spout the party line and never deviate from the script. So I guess he's doing his job. At least he bothers to front up. But seriously, that's about all you can say for him. There is no getting around the fact that health is a tough portfolio for any minister. But bloody hell, Andrew Little is making it a whole lot tougher for himself. Paramedics say they're at breaking point. They've seen 30,000 more call-outs compared to last year. 30,000. Ongoing vacancies, they need 125 more paramedics right now this very minute. And ambulances being delayed at emergency departments at our hospitals because the EDs are overwhelmed are adding to their pressure. The Women in Medicine Charitable Trust says there will be a catastrophic collapse of the healthcare workforce. They're talking about midwives, they're talking about GPs, they're talking about nurses, they're talking about specialists. Trust Chair Dr Orna McGinn says it's time for political leaders to acknowledge there was a crisis and take urgent action to solve it. She says doctors are gaslighting their patients if they try and pretend there is no crisis. She understands the political optics that if you say there's a crisis, it undermines confidence in the system. But she said, we don't have confidence in the system. We can't give that confidence. There is no confidence in the system. Then you've got the $1.9 billion funding boost given to mental health services. $1.9 billion. And the Mental Health and Wellbeing Commission has found no change in access to specialist mental health services in five years. Andrew Little 
says the money has made a huge difference in many sectors. And besides, anyway, he says, it's all the National Party's fault for their nine years of neglect. Dude, you've been there for five. More than half of those nine years. And where is the $1.9 billion? If you've given it away, where's it gone? It's the lack of accountability for just about everything that's doing my head in, among so many, many other things. Last year, New Zealand ranked near the bottom of the OECD for per capita ICU capacity. That doesn't matter. Andrew Little says we can cope. Of course we can cope. The head of the ICU doctors in New Zealand said he almost drove off the road when he heard Andrew Little say that. Because we can't, he said. We can't. GPs are at breaking point. So obviously that would mean that we would give overseas doctors who want to live here residency, wouldn't it? Well, in a normal world, yes, but no, no, not under this government. We're not giving them residency. And so they're heading to Australia, Britain and Canada. Not deterred. The schools of nursing said, we've got an idea. Let's double the numbers of nursing practitioners. These are really experienced nurses who can do a lot of the work a GP can do. That'll ease the burden. Jolly good idea. And of course, given that it's a jolly good idea, the Ministry of Health has rejected it. No. Nurses are still not on the fast-tracked residency list. Because Andrew Little says when they get here, they don't want to be nurses. Well, ensure that their residency is linked to them doing their job. There's ways around this. But the fact that this. There's a worldwide shortage of nurses and we don't have them on a fast-tracked residency list. What planet is the health minister on? Consistently throughout this, he has said there is no crisis. He has been told there is time and time and time and time again before the pandemic hit. By every sector of health. Nope. Not a crisis, it's just facing challenges. No, no, I'm not saying they're making up stories, and I read uh, very carefully the report produced by the the um, uh, organisation that produced the report yesterday, Women in Medicine, and saw and was, and was quite despairing in some of the comments that some of those frontline health practitioners make about their day-to-day work. And that, that is unacceptable, and, and they, you know, no one wants to be in that position. But we knew that this was going to be a tough winter, and, um, and, and that is on top of a system that was already carrying a reasonably large number of vacancies. But it's a system that we've already also in the last five years put a lot of extra people into as well. It is a system that is you know, struggling to keep up, but there are measures in place to fill gaps and make sure that those people are supported. What? They need it now. And Andrew Little has said before that they've put in 5,000 people, health staff, over the past five years. So a thousand a year. Well, in January of this year, the Association of Salaried Medical Specialists said we need fifteen hundred more hospital specialists, fourteen hundred more GPs, and twelve thousand nurses if we wanted to match Australia per capita. Damn sight more than five thousand hospital staff. We also need the pharmacists and the radiologists and all the others that go with it. Doctors tell us they have never seen it so bad. A Ministry of Health spokesperson said preparations were underway to manage the impact of Omicron to our health system. 
they failed to respond to questions about how DHBs could create extra resources and whether they would consider declaring a health workforce emergency, which is what the Association of Salaried Medical Specialists wanted called. We need to declare a health workforce emergency. This is in January, so they could see it coming. Along the lines of a civil defence emergency to trigger official action on staff retention and recruitment and ensure it's prioritised at central government and regional hospital and community levels. January. And what's happened? Well, it's a challenge. Yep, they need support, all right. They could have had it. They could have had it if you'd shown an ounce of initiative, an ounce of nous. And this is what I mean, and this is why, I mean, you might get tired, Karen, and I'm not using that as a generic, and I would never do that because I know lovely Karens. This is a Karen who texted me yesterday saying, why do you, why are you so mean and anti-government? Because they're bloody hopeless. In this particular instance and in many others. You're so mean, so anti-government. Andrew Little's doing his best. Is he? Is he? He's been given warning after warning after warning. I can't even imagine how empty his words must sound to an exhausted, frustrated, at-risk health workforce. They're operating, they were operating at 120% capacity in the EDs in January. They knew what was coming. They were begging for help. And Andrew Little says, yeah, it's coming. Yep. Not through fast-track nurses' residencies or anything else like that, but uh, or letting nurse practitioners ease the load off overburdened GPs, but they're all doing very well. How bloody empty are those words when you have to get up every day and try to do your best again when you've been operating beyond capacity for so many years now? He's an absolute disgrace to insist that it's just challenging and we, yeah, well, we knew it was going to be tough. And leave them to it? Leave them sinking and floundering when they were begging you for a lifeline? And you chose not to give it to them? He's a bloody disgrace.